Welcome to another installment of The In-Betweens. This is Phalanx Man. And Ricky Bobby. And we're here coming to you from our new studio with our with my new mic. Uh, Ricky Bobby's same old mic. Uh, a little bit of a new setup. Hope it sounds good. Uh, in here, drinking a Foster's. Oh, yeah. Oh, sexual. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He's got an oil can over there, folks. Mm, oil can. Time to lube up my uh, my my vocal cords. <laughs> All right. We also have um, right next to our six-toed studio cat, Ava Brom. Uh, we also have my beautiful, wonderful girlfriend, uh, a ten out of ten Rhodesian beauty. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> All right, thank you. Anyways, uh, today we're going to be talking about the value of life and some dangerous tendencies that we've witnessed among the dissident rights that if not nipped in the bud could become a very um, dark, dangerous issue uh, for the souls of those fighting against Satan right? the New World Order. All right, Ricky Bobby. Why did you want to talk about this? Well, man, it really goes back to the conversation we were having that uh, about a week or so ago, man. That uh, night there yonder, as we yeah. said, here in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. I mean, sitting outside, you know, Midwest night, had a couple beers. Talking about the deep secrets of the universe, man. Um, and I, I myself have witnessed uh, in some of my far-right Telegram chats... Uh, a tendency for what's the word to embrace embracing the brutality of war, uh, which can have really dangerous consequences for our souls. Um, even though uh, I certainly believe that our, our enemies deserve what's coming to them, uh, to wallow in our hatred, uh, or even to have hatred for them, but to wallow in in this this desire to to kill them and to you know purge them from existence is just it's evil it's wicked and and you're you know you're really just harming yourself um yeah because, man because you know i mean it's not just left wing governments in history that have been uh wicked and tyrannical i mean there's certainly been right plenty of right wing uh, governments uh that have been wicked and tyrannical and if we're not careful uh, if we do not exhibit Christian virtues while we are waging this war, this culture war, and pro- possibly eventually civil war, uh, we will become the monsters that we are are attempting to slay. Right, and that's the that's the danger of it all, really. I mean, we don't want to become that. We don't want to turn into the very people that started the journey of wanting to do this, wanting to get into this. Like, yeah, the control freaks. That is not, and that that's not what we want. So, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I've been thinking about that for a while now because 
I've been on the right for a while and I've kind of went through ups and downs and went over here, went over there is my beliefs and stuff, you know, you know, at first I was pretty angry. I just was, I joined that little crowd as, as I think you, you know, you were certainly justified in being angry. The key is ensuring that our anger does not carry over into uh, hatred. Right. First question is, is life equally valuable? Is all life equally valuable? What's your take of this, Rookie Bobby? Is all life equally valuable? No. Is all human life equally valuable? Yes. I don't believe animals, things like that, like animals, trees, the planet, are on the same level as us. There's a lot of liberals and a lot of, you don't even have to be liberal, but just these vegans, whatever it is, you know, they, 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 they tend to, I don't know what, that's a whole nother topic. We'll have to get into that on a different episode, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, mean, I think we People certainly get to elevate it above humans and that's not true. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think that we could, we could get into it a little bit. Uh, like for instance, one thing, you know, the, the hypocrisy among vegans is you know the ones that are vegans because they like to say oh well, all life is is precious and so you know we should not we shouldn't harm anybody well i i hardly think that these people are willing to uh bring up people on uh you know genocidal crimes whenever somebody steps on an anthill well yeah like when you break down that kind of an like thinking it goes kind of south real quick. Yeah, I mean the the ethic the ethic of the animal rights lobby is not consistent. You cannot uh, the animal truth truthfully speaking, the animal rights lobby are not. It's not actually about animal rights. It's about pushing an anti human agenda. It has nothing to do with like loving animals. Well, right? Yeah. You know? Like I love animals. You know that about me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, probably more than I do. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm a, I'm an animal guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that does not mean that I value animal life anywhere close to human life. Yeah, I mean, certainly the, uh, the traditional Christian view on this is uh, that there is a hierarchy to the universe and that uh, God has placed humans at the, the, uh, in authority over his creation he has placed this above all other beings, including the angels, even uh, because we are the only beings in the universe that have both a foot in the spiritual realm as well as the physical realm. Right. Because we are both soul and body. Both spirit and body. Uh, you know, the angels are spirit beings. All other life. Uh, on this planet, in the universe, everything everything else that exists in the universe, its substance is physical. And there's nothing wrong with physical life. You know, we don't want to be Gnostics here. But, yeah. Yeah, but but we have a foot in both camps. Uh, right. Yeah, and because of that, we can operate in both realms, which which places us above every other being. The, you know, yeah. God... Uh, God has both a physical aspect and a spiritual aspect as well, uh, because, uh, you know, Christ, Christ became man. You know, he was fully man and fully divine. So yeah. when he came down, you know, I think it was he felt uh, what we felt. He experienced life as we did. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, um, 
I think it was, I could be getting this wrong, but I believe it was Athanasius who said, um, you know, that God became man, that man might become God. Right. You know, and that's, that's, well, that's our optimal goal. You're never going to become God, but you want to be God-like in a way. Yeah, you go because God is part of us. Become, become. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not meaning become God in like the Godhead. It's it's to become godly, uh, uh, yeah. and even even to attain a certain level of power. Uh, uh, you know, not not in like not that our that power is in and of ourselves, but be, because we be we come into conformity and in communion with Christ, with the Triune God. Um, because of that, we are, are dispensed a certain level of power. Um, as you saw with the apostles, you know, they could, they could be bitten by poison, uh, by venomous snakes and, and, you know, not suffer from it, basically things like that. Right. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, is all human life then is all human life equally valuable at Ricky Bobby? Yes. In my opinion, from the basis of like, from that statement. Yes. When you break it down, it gets a little bit more complicated, but that's my stance. Okay. I think that that's a stance. I think right off the bat, that's something you should, that I would like people to keep in mind. Yeah. But I, I so start this back and forth here. Um, so with you, would you would agree though, that pedophiles should be killed, right? That they should get the death penalty. Yes. Uh, would you say then that that would be a demonstration that you believe that their life is less valuable than than uh, somebody else's life who who isn't a pedophile? No, because and here's why: when it comes down to their life being valuable, their life is valuable, but because of their actions, they don't get a place here with us anymore, and we have to disperse that justice because. That's our job. We have to... It's the same thing with an animal, man. An animal starts attacking people, you put it down. So in that instance, it's not that their life doesn't matter. It's more that they didn't value their life enough and they made the mistakes and the choices that they made that led to their own demise. And we're just the ones to give it to them. Okay, so... So would somebody would somebody you know commit acts of pedophilia and things things like that? That you're saying they they forfeit their rights, uh, including their right to not be killed. Like right. Okay. I mean, I would I would agree with that, but you're saying that it's not. It doesn't actually say anything about their value as a person. Well, you could get down to that, like, and say that they don't carry value because of their choices and stuff. But I think. You could you could make that argument, but that's but not the argument you're making. No, okay. what I'm saying is, they're still God's children. It's still a tragedy. Like, and, and in order to, if we're going to kill them, you have to keep that in mind, or else you're going to, as a society, will change, and we've seen it. Like, I don't know. See, yeah, I would, I would disagree. Like, I, I, number one, I don't think they're God's children. Only Christians are God's children. I think everyone uh, is God's children. Well, everybody is God's creation. He created us. He wants us to be His children. We are His children. Well, well it's not. You're the, not a. If you're not a Christian, you're not able to 
get the fruits and all the other stuff that comes along with that and, and actually, you know, fulfill your kind of destiny. But that doesn't change anything. Well, well, biblically speaking, though, like when we enter into Christ, when we become a Christian, it says that we are adopted mm-hmm. because we were not part of the family of God. We were not his children. And then when we be, when we enter into Christ, we become adopted. We, we, we have adopted sonship. At that point, we become like an adopted child. We don't, we're not yeah. like, we're, we're, we're always his creation, but we are not always his children, at least in, in the scriptures. Well, we're his children in the essence of he's, he's, he's your father, right? Yeah, but he's my father, but he's not like the father. When you were an ever. atheist, was he your father? No. Definitely. Do not. you really my truly believe that though? Absolutely. I believe that. I Why? Mean, I, well, because, um, he, you know, I, I mean, I think that doesn't, okay. That's not to say that he didn't care about me when I was an atheist, but, hmm. so uh, if he cares about you, what does that imply? That he cares about what he made. So he just cares about what he made. You're not his creation. Yeah, no, I, I don't. To be his creation. What is that? Is that a child? No. What is his creation then? It's like, what happens when we create something? Um, it's a child. We create I, life. I, well, when we create, we, okay, when when we, uh, when we are coupled with another person, uh, and we create life, uh-huh. that is a child. Yes, but. We we were not we did not like God did not couple with another person until he coupled with the church, which is the bride of Christ. Right. But that's which, not what I'm getting at. I'm talking about you were put on this earth and you were put on this earth for one reason. He is the reason you were not even able to be born because of him. He did that. If he wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been born. Therefore, he is your father. From the start, it's not that you find Christ and then all of a sudden he's your father. I, I I get what you're saying, but I think that that's a that's a whole different kind of thing because you can be of your father, your father's son. Your father cares about you. Your father loves you. He wants you to be with him, but you can choose not to be. Well, then it's up to you. Well, then how would you deal with the verse where Jesus is talking to the Jews, the Pharisees, and he says to them, "You're of your father, the devil." Okay, I think that's to be interpreted with like, it's kind of, it's more of a poem in a way. Like, yeah, the devil rules earth. So those people that he was talking to are of earth and they were living their lives in that manner of the world, which would make you a a son of Satan in a way. Yes. So in other words, everybody still have the choice. Yeah, absolutely. and at any moment, you can choose to come back to the Father, your true Father. Satan isn't your true Father. That's not what he was saying. I, I think that's exactly what he was saying. I, I think that that uh, you know he he was saying that basically that 
because they were rejecting their their um, Messiah, uh, and because they were the things that they were doing as well, um, that they were. It was clear that they were, you know, by their behavior, by that they that their nature was that of of their their father, like he says, their father Satan, and. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's the language that the scriptures use and not just in that verse, but it, when it talks about adopted sonship and, um, uh, you know, or when it talks about, um, well, okay. Like for instance, you'll never see any place in the scriptures where a non-believer refers to God as their father. Uh, you'll see places where a non-believer refers to God but never as their father. It's only it's only Christians or proto Christians, as in like Second Temple, First Temple Jews, um, or even pre Temple Jews, that that refer to uh, God as their father. I would say, but the thing is, like, and you're doing a lot of interpreting of it right now, like, well, just, which is it's what you're coming to the says. conclusion. Well, the scripture says a it explicitly thing. says so you that, can come yes. to a certain conclusion, but there's the bottom line is like you okay so you're saying like because they're living a life for satan mm -hmm. they're not god's children is what you're saying yeah and everybody everybody who is outside of christ is is of their father the devil because they're living for the world and not for everybody christ. outside of christ is living for the world yes right which means but that does not that does like base that's not what I'm getting at really. No, I know I know what you're getting at, but like I, I just, just disagree, man. I mean it's uh there's certain God created us. Yeah. We are his children from the start. It's not that no. you become saved and then all of a sudden you're his children. No. Yeah, he absolutely. wants that's us exactly to be come says, back though. to him. Like when you start out, you have choice, man. You have a choice. We, Throughout well, your life, when you're a child, it's a little different. But as you get older, you have a choice and a very big choice. Every decision you make dictates that. And so, but don't like, I think that that's not a good thing to, to try to say, well, you're not like non-believers are not God's children. Well, that's what the scripture is saying. That's one way of interpreting well, no, the that, scripture. That's liter that is explicitly what they say. Like who says? Well, Paul says that. Jesus says that. Um, no, I know. Oh, it also talks about you're it in, reading a. You're reading words, and, but what a, you're interpreting it in a certain way. Well, I mean, all okay. So, scripture is not self-interpreting. Uh, so in that. You're correct. I am interpreting it in a certain right. way. I'm interpreting it in the context of the church fathers. I'm interpreting it the yes. way that the church has always interpreted it. Okay, which uh, is man. Well, man it is man, man with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yes, but still man. So in other fallible. Words, the church is infallible. Man is fallible. The, well, but the the when when man is operating in the context of the of the community of believers which is the church right he he is protected by all the different promises and blessings that were given to the church okay so 
we're getting pretty deep down the rabbit hole, but um, because of that, things like you know the uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That uh, that they will be given a um, a guide, a counselor, which is the Holy Spirit, um, which is which is why individual men can be fallible, but the consensus of the church fathers is not fallible. Um, and let, so I mean, the, to say that the, the that consensus it is of the church, you're saying the consensus of the church followers or the fathers. church fathers yeah. are, is that, that non-believers are not children of God. Correct. Because that's what the scriptures say. Well, that's one way of looking at the word of children, I guess, but that's not really what I'm getting at. God created us, right? Like you're kind of yeah. Let's I mean, get back to what I was saying. God created us, created us in the same way that a potter creates a pot. Yes, uh, but before that, we weren't anything. Our words for child. Where does where where that's a child, man. You're his child. I'm his child. Yeah. Joe God. down the street who doesn't even know about God is still his child. I completely disagree. That's not what the scriptures say. So you believe that God just what? I believe I believe what the scriptures say, and, and that is that um, all, every everything that exists is His creation, but not everything that exists is His child. Um, well, yeah, I think you're confusing. Like I, I think you're trying to use technical terms, like the word "child" in the Bible and the the way I'm talking now. Totally different. Well, I don't think we should. I'm, I'm, I don't think kind of, yeah I, I get what you're saying but I don't I think it's a it's a really dangerous road to go down because I mean basically well it's not a road it's a just a fact well, it's, it's not only a, fact. a it's a basic principle and I if mean, you live your life by it it can change other people's lives let's say like if you live your life thinking non-believers are not children of Christ how are you going to bring them to Christ well if they're if they are children of Christ, if they're children of God, then there's no re- reason to bring them to Christ because they're like positionally there. It'd be no change. That's stupid. How, what? what? How? Who are you to dictate that there's like that? That's not going to happen. Oh, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. I'm saying that like, or there's there no reason no for point. you to make any effort in the matter. Well, because if I'm already if I'm an atheist and I'm already a child of God, then why do I need to become a child of God? Because I'm already a child of God, so like, there's no I don't need to do anything. There's no positional difference. Explain that. That does not make any sense. Well, because, because because when I become humans a have free choice. Yeah, exactly. You can make the choice to stay an atheist or become a Christian. Yeah, I know. I can. Either... You could be a Christian and become an atheist. So yeah, and you're you're basing all that off of the interactions you've had with humans. You're no. not basing. Yes, you are. It is because your to do entire with interactions. It has yes, to do it with does. My experience with people. Yes, it does. It, it, no, That's it, how your brain works, man. That's how you form stuff, like. No, I'm talking about definitions, like position. So our position when we are outside of Christ is mm-hmm. that we are under the dominion of Satan. Yes, but which I never saying, denied. You, but you're saying that that when we are outside of Christ, we are under the dominion of Christ still because he is our mm, that's father. That's not what I said at all. Well, you're. I mean, but 
No, you're taking you're but taking father, technical de- definitions and you're trying to 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 like apply it to just what I'm saying with a conversation. That, that, what, child of God means. What does that mean to you? What is the definition of that? It means that that God is my Father, that He is dominion over my life, that I respect Him, that I honor Him, that like. Okay. Yeah. So before that, you were not a child of God. Correct. God didn't. I want hated you? God. That doesn't matter. You hate your parents. I shouldn't know. You shouldn't hate God either. Yeah, but it's. I was not like positionally speaking. Uh, I was not. I do not believe that that God loved me at that point. Yeah, but you, a lot of kids don't believe their parents. No, loved it's them. not. It's not about. I'm saying that I do not believe. I, no, like, I'm just right trying now, to rationalize what you're saying. Like, no, I, like right now, I don't believe that He loved me at that point. I don't believe that God Why? loves the unbeliever. Why? Because, I mean, that's what the scriptures say. Do you think that the scriptures can can capture exactly what God feels? Well, no, because, I mean, every aspect of God is, is, is inexhaustible. Do you think that so, humans could comprehend what God feels? Not exhaustively. We could try to imagine it, but we, can, we will never know. The easiest, well, yeah. That's true, right? I, we well That's, we we can't we can't exhaustively understand god right but we can we can understand we him to can a point kind but, of get around the edges and sort of like but the hum, we there's no way we could fully understand it well yeah cuz he's infinite i mean any infinite right. being you can't completely understand what him. all i was saying was he didn't make all of us for no reason well yeah the point the the way that we should view the unbeliever is not in a, a view of like we should view them as love or that we're we should love like, them yeah we should view them as that's as what i was getting at potential that, that they have the potential for for there um, are brothers and sisters no they're not they're absolutely not i'm not like because why do you think that well because that's what the bible says like that's what okay it, but do you base your entire life off of what the bible says or do you take that as a guide in a way and then make your other decisions and off of what the Bible says purely no, because I don't believe that the Bible is self-interpreting, but I do base my entire life or at least try to. Uh, I do think that I should, everybody, including myself should base their entire life upon uh, scripture, upon the traditions of the church, upon the teachings of the church fathers um, also, upon revealed um, other potentially revealed uh, knowledge of God, um, of course that that gets a little bit dangerous. You got to actually be within the context of the community okay. of believers for that. So but, that's what you think that that people should live their lives off. Absolutely, yeah, completely and only that stuff. Uh, well, y- yes. I mean, I think that there can be nothing in contradiction to that. Where's the human in that, though? Well, it's all throughout, like... All no, I'm that, saying like, love for your brother. Who's your brother? Uh, Christian. Cr- male Christians. Your neighbor isn't your brother? No, he's my neighbor. Unless he's a Christian. If he's a Christian, then he's my brother, yeah. Because we have both been adopted into the sonship of Christ. So before that, you think of him as what? Like... Um, you don't a, love them. A, a suffering. Uh, you love them. Well, sure, but not as a brother. Why? 
Well, because they're not my brother. Like, I don't love people as a brother who aren't my brother. Who did they come from? Satan. No. Biologically. S- well, sub- substance-wise, they, they, they were created by God. And then but, where did it go from there? Well, there was... I mean, where did it go from there? All humans are basically brothers. No. So there Absolutely. was more than a man and a woman. There was four people? No. There, there was two people. I mean, in a sense, there were four people. No, I mean, there was, was there physically four? Was there two men and two women? Or were there well, no. one man and one woman? You mean, you mean are we all where did we come genetically from? related? Where did we come from? Well, originally from, from Adam and Eve. Right. But Where did they come from? Well, from God. How were they made? Well, God formed them out of the out of the the substance of of his creation and then he breathed the breath of life into them. Right. So where does this I'm just trying to understand how someone could live their life and think that like your neighbor is not your brother. I mean, I care about them, but not as a brother. Because they're not like that. Nobody is my brother until they we have the it, the only way that I can. Somebody is my brother or my sister uh-huh. is if we have the same father. Well, in the literal sense, yes. In every sense. Yeah. I mean, like kind of. I mean, unless you're talking about like like brotherhoods, like an order. But that's like a your brother, order. your sister, your that's everyone. No. Absolutely not. I should love them. Uh, what should... is that? But the, the thing is, like, you're jumping around like you have like you're jumping from word to word trying to avoid what I'm talking about, which in, is implying every word that you've used has implied brotherhood. No. Sisterhood. No. Like, that's what that stuff is. No. Like, yeah, the, you're you're trying to. None of it carp, implies carp, relationship. Carpament. Carpen. Car, whatever the word is. I can't say it right now compartmentalization yeah like it, well there yeah i mean there is there are which i get but i'm saying like well the the point is we should view our fellow man even if they're like especially if they're an unbeliever we should view them as a person with a potential for repentance and a person with a potential to have a relationship with god and to to actually yes. at that point sort of become alive um, because before that point, they're dead. They're like worthless. They're, um, except in their potential for repentance. Yeah. It's, it's important. I mean, the main thing is, is that we love our enemies. Like even, you know, the filthy unbeliever. So is all life equally valuable? Yes, it is. Human life is. And the reason is, because Jesus died for everyone, not just you. We're not some exclusive club. When you would, uh, if you were to go and you were to talk to a non-believer, what are you going to tell them? You're going to tell them that, oh yeah, I'm in this exclusive club. You're not, you know, part of it until you're a believer. Yes, you would tell them. I that. would absolutely say that. I mean, not not like I don't want to. Okay. I wouldn't try to be rude about it, but I mean, I think, well, I mean, because yeah. if, if people like, what's but no, the point? but you, that, that doesn't matter being rude, being not rude. 
That's yeah. a way to diffuse what we're saying here. Yeah, I'm just well. What's there's like no point in converting if you're already in the club. They don't we believe. Are they don't club. know of Christ. They don't know of God's love. Well, certainly, yeah, because they're not like. Anyways, so you're saying in conclusion, Phalanx Man is saying that it's predetermined. If you don't believe in God now, you're not part of the club. You know, I we should take no effort in trying to convert people and treating them like our brothers that's because that's what i'm saying so i just want to get this straight that's what i'm saying so you you believe we should just go on treat them as outsiders and and live our life for christ but how do you do that yes live your life for christ yes and no so if i'm wrong this is the chance for you to yeah like like I would say, we should treat them as outsiders in the sense that that's what they are. Like they're not part of the family, but we should make okay. absolutely. Is that effort. relevant? Do you think though? Yeah, absolutely, because they're not saved. Like that's. Is it relevant to mention? Yeah, because well, I to mean, who it, who's it relevant to, and well, why would uh, why is it relevant? The biggest, I mean, the people that I think it's most relevant to is the unbeliever, because they are in a desperate situation. And they don't even realize it. And they don't even okay. understand that until you like make sure that they understand that. Like they're not in a good position. Like But if you live your life like that, treating people who don't know of the love of Christ and who aren't saved like that, where do you get? Uh well it depends. Okay, so I'm not advocating. Let me just let me just make my position clear. So that like we're that would have been like, nice from the start. Yeah, my position of... is basically that everybody who is not a believer in in the triune God is a heathen, and they are outside the family of God. They are not children of God, but uh, they we should view them uh, as our fellow man, uh, and that we should love we should love them into being children of God. In the sense of we should show the love of Christ to them. Anyway, so yeah, and I would also say that like not all life is equally valuable in the sense of like, like I believe, and this is a pretty unpopular opinion, um, especially in the modern age because of the hyper tolerance and stuff. Uh, I believe that most people's lives do not matter. Um, not that we should, you know, that it wouldn't matter if we murdered them or not, because thou shalt not murder. But um, that our lives don't actually matter until we make them matter. Um, So we have to do great things. We have to live up to our potential, which includes becoming a child of God, which includes becoming a Christian. Um, Let me ask you one thing real quick. Do you equate being a Christian with adding value or disvalue to your life? Um. Yes. So non-Christians' lives are less valuable than Christians. Correct. Yes. I don't agree with that. Do you think... Why do you think that? Um, well, it, because to say otherwise seems... I, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, like if I was to say that, they, that it is, ju- that their lives are just as valuable, then like... There's no, there's no like point in them becoming a Christian because how? 
Well, because there'd be no change then. Like, so let me ask you this. I'll even put it out on the table for the bigots here, man. I'll put my life on here. Okay. Right. So I do a lot of things in my life uh-huh. that are of Satan. Yeah. I'll be honest about it. Mm-hmm. I struggle with porn, Same. alcohol. Yeah. You know, I'm a drug addict. I don't use drugs lately, but you know, yeah. I'm a drug addict, you know, uh, I don't go to church. Mm-hmm. I struggle with my faith. Yeah. I do. I've done things that are, you know, unchristian. Mm hmm. The how if what if I wasn't a believer? I mean, then I I think that you would be in a really bad position, man. Like, no, would that change your look on it? What do you mean? Like, well, you're thinking about it as a random person you don't know. You have no emotional ties to that person. What if it was me? Would it change? Would it change your value? I think yes, yes, yeah. Why? Well, because. there's no, like, I basically, here's what I believe, right? No, no, that when we, well, this difference will help between you me and then, like, that's what I want to get at here. What's because the when, you, when you're born, that? you're at a zero. Okay. Um, you're completely innocent. Uh, there's no value in, in the sense of you haven't accomplished anything. But there's also no debt because you haven't sinned. Okay. But the moment you start moving forward in life, um, you can either do good things uh, and thus increase your value, or you can do bad things and thus decrease your value. However, once you go through baptism, because that is for the remission of sins, it wipes out all all that. Um, You become a new person. So Um, what about me? I was baptized when I was a kid. Well, then, I mean... What well, about the say, stuff I've done since then? Well, I mean, I think that you're. I mean, I think I think that once you repent of that stuff, then you you know it's wiped away. Um, Am I a child of God? Well, are you a Christian? Yes, but yes. The, but that's not really what I'm getting at. You're 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 still holding on to that thing. Like, are you a Christian? If they can say it that they're a Christian, then they're a child of God. Well, okay. I'm not I'm, in the literal sense saying a child of God. Like, I'm saying, does God care about what happens to me? Does He want me to be a child of God? Certainly. I mean, it says it says in the scriptures that He He desires that no man may perish. Right. Right. Um, but that all may come to the knowledge of God. Right. Um, and and how do we do that? Well, um, there's, do you mean how, how to, how, like, let's say that I was an atheist. How do I become a Christian? Or do you know how like, do you as a Christian help others? Uh, well, your brothers, you don't like the word, but first, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Those okay. are your brothers. Your neighbor is your brother in the sense that you have an obligation to love him and show him the way. That's what I'm getting at. There, Di- Christ yeah. did not die for you and me and not Joe down the street. He died for everyone. Yes. In hopes that we all would come to be children of him. Yes. Which is what you're holding on to, like the, 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 the definition of the children of Christ. You know, I get that, but that's not really the point I was making. I was making like more of a, it's more of just thinking about men, which is the whole topic. 
man, value of man's life. Right. Which yeah. goes into war, different things like that. You know, like Constantine the Great, his life mattered more than George Floyd's. Um, I think George Floyd's life mattered. Yeah, a little, yeah. I mean, I think he everybody's life matters I, on some level, I guess, because they have the potential to repent. Although I do think that at the ma- at the moment of death, his life didn't matter because he didn't. He never accomplished anything. All he did in his whole life was evil. I think it was a tragedy. Yeah, it was a tragedy. I mean, like, like his life we should look at it. We should certainly, any life that that is lost is a tragedy. Exactly, which I think is one thing that when this whole civil war pops off, we have to keep in mind. That and that's really where I'm coming from because yeah. I'm coming from a perspective. I've been thinking on this for weeks, man. Like, what do we turn into? Yeah, no, we have to. I think that we have to look at every life we may end up taking in a civil war as a tragedy. And here's the thing: like, go back, a little bit, jumping yeah. back a little bit to George Floyd. But the thing is, man, like his life mattered. He didn't care about his life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I look at it. Yeah. His life was still valuable. I mean, I, life is precious. It is. You're here for a second, you're gone. You only have a little bit of time to do what you're going to do. And if you do the wrong stuff, you do the wrong stuff. It, you know, it, it, we have a, it's precious. It's a limited amount. There is a time clock going and it's yeah. not stopping. Although I, I would say that I, I think that the preciousness comes from the beautiful opportunity that we're given to accomplish great things, to be saintly, to um, accomplish, you know, to, to achieve our potential basically. But I do, I think that, you know, at the moment of death, if we haven't done any of that, I mean the 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 value of our life is up. That's the, you know what I'm saying. That's up like, for like debate and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I, I and that's agree. fine yeah, to like yeah, it's theorize it's very controversial. and do all that stuff about yeah. it. But there's a bottom line to it, man. Like life is precious, and if you lose that aspect and don't think that way, yeah, and take lives or even be part of something that that ends in that or advocates that like or just support that we should never flippantly advocate like killing people it's something that should be taken very 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 seriously absolutely yeah and like i understand you know people make jokes about it and i've seen the television well then that's the thing that that that, that i'm looking for the right word i wanted to say disturbs me which it yeah. almost does. It does. It might yeah. be that actually might be the right word because at first it didn't because I was angry. Mm-hmm. But then once you start thinking, yeah. yeah, you're dehumanizing people and that's never good to do really. Yeah. And I, I'm guilty of that sometimes. Too. Same. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and, hey, folks, I'm being a little hard on Phalanx Man right now, <laughs> but it's not like I yeah. haven't. Like, it's not like I'm an angel. <laughs> hey, so, is, is iron sharpens iron, man. It's, yeah. Yeah, I, I I appreciate it. Like, I always like to have my ideas challenged and stuff. But anyways, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, because life is valuable uh, in the general sense, um, that is the reason why in the, uh, the, that in the Catholic Church, they they came up with um, just war theory um, because the idea was is that you know during the Middle Ages, 
um, we were the early Middle Ages. Europe was coming out of uh, we we basically had come down from the high civilization that was Christian Rome. Uh, and then all of a sudden that infrastructure collapsed, the government, that government collapsed. And, um, so people, there wasn't, there was no longer the big, bad, uh, brutally violent force there to keep people in line. And so what ended up happening was all these, these, um, uh, European peoples, most of whom were not, weren't even Christians at that point, uh, they ended up just giving into their human tendencies of bloodthirsty warfare, uh, and that's the way you know all of humanity has been for most of most of human history. Um, it's really in the Christian West that we have been able to significantly reduce it. And that has been in no small part to Catholic just war theory. Uh, it's the one thing that Catholics got right. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely like that's really the whole subject tonight is uh, when is it okay for to, something like that to, to happen? take a life? Yeah, and that's what we're trying to get to the bottom of. Yeah, yeah, and how and how we should how we should look at taking a life too. Right. Um, absolutely. It should, it should, you know, because anytime, even when an unbeliever dies, it mourns God's heart. And that's what my whole point was. Yeah. If it, if it mourns God's heart, it's something we should be concerned about at the yeah, very least. Absolutely. 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 But, um, so we have this article here from, uh, the great Mises Institute. It's a, it's from a speech uh, that uh, Murray and Rothbard gave uh, back in May of 1994 on just war theory. And I'm going to read a couple different excerpts from it. Um, Murray and Rothbard, the great uh, godfather of libertarianism. <clears throat> My own view of war can be put simply. A just war exists when a people tries to ward off the threat of coercive domination by another people or to overthrow an already existing domination. A war is unjust, on the other hand, when a people try to impose domination on another people, or try to retain an already existing course of rule over them. During my lifetime, my ideological and political activism has focused on opposition to America's wars. First, because I believed are waging them to be unjust, and second, because war, in the penetrating phrase of the libertarian Randolph Bourne in World War I, has always been, quote, the health of the state, end quote, an instrument for the aggrandizement of state power over the health, the lives, and the prosperity of their subject citizens and social institutions. Even a just war cannot be entered into lightly. An unjust one must therefore be anathema. Anathema. Yeah. You can insert that there. And we've had plenty of unjust wars in history. Absolutely. And if you scroll down a little bit on that article, it talks about the only two wars that were just in American history. Uh, yeah, I actually, actually haven't read that part of it. <laughs> Just scroll down a little bit and you'll find yeah. it. That was one part I did want to add in here. Folks, we're doing this kind of a little nonchalant. This isn't in between, so. American Revolution and the War for Southern Independence. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that makes sense, Only though. two wars that were really just 
Yeah, because I mean, basically, uh, in both cases, you had a people that were being dominated by another power, uh, and they just didn't want to be dominated anymore. You know, they wanted to right. rule themselves, and so which uh, is really the only time it's justified in doing that. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people they look at the war for Southern independence, or what most people know it as, the Civil War. Yeah, they think about it, that it was about slavery, which yeah. is. Yeah, no, that folks, was, folks, folks. Slavery, were, slavery was kind of an afterthought in a lot of ways. If you get one thing from anything, just know it's not true. Yeah, it was really. I mean, the the, the war for Southern independence was read. Really, yeah, yeah, read. <laughs> Please read books. Uh, the war for Southern independence was kind of kind of tangentially about slavery because it was involved it, i'm it not denying involved. it wasn't involved but i'm saying yeah. that the real reason the war happened was not because yeah. the southerners wanted to keep their slaves yeah no it was really about the federal government that that was dominated by the northern states was was oppressing the southern states uh and you know imposing their will upon them and because of the way that the founders uh constructed the government and i'm not trying to like you know, see, the founders were dumb or anything. It was very wise what they did. Uh, at the, the time, I think it was all right what they did, but they could have done it. it. It's not flawless, and the and the founders they could have done that. it better. Yeah, that's my put input on it. I'm not gonna get all like cucky and say that. Oh, but you know, because it all it happened all over the world. It's not like oh slavery. Yeah, blacks no. were the only ones enslaved, and yeah, whites no. are just this evil white man doing it. No, yeah, no. that is we, not man, how history's gone. Man has been uh, enslaving each other since. We should call out evil wherever it is, even if it's in a regime we support. Yeah, yeah but the the point is the way the founders constructed the the federal government, um, it basically because of the way that representation was calculated in in the con in Congress and stuff, the southern states were screwed basically because a lower population. Yeah. Uh, and so they had basically the two branches, uh, one house, the, the House of Representatives, and of course the presidency were outside their grasp. And so they had a bunch of um, taxation arguments, basically, mm-hmm. tariffs and such things. It was just a form of taxation uh, that they couldn't do anything about that the that the north was essentially through the federal taxation where stealing was stealing wealth from the south and using it for northern building projects right yeah so that's really like i mean we're kind of we're getting a little off topic with it but it's all right but you know we're just letting it run um yeah (laughs) yeah no but the the, there's two things i really did want to want to read from here as well and then anything that you might want to read uh ricky bobby well, I mean, um, really, I just wanted to get a touch on just war, yeah, and then touch on the only just wars in American history, which is, I think, is an important thing to understand. Yeah, uh, but there's two there's two very basic uh, rules of war that were uh, developed by just war theory. The first one is above all, don't target civilians. If you must fight, let the rulers and their loyal or hired retainers slug it out. But keep civilians on both sides of it out of it. But on both sides out of it as much as possible. The growth of democracy. I love this point that he makes. The growth of democracy, the identification of citizens with the state, 
conscription and the idea of a, quote, nation in arms, unquote, all whittled away this excellent tenet of international law. And number two, preserve the rights of neutral states and nations. In the modern corruption of international law that has prevailed since 1914, neutrality has been treated as somehow deeply immoral. Nowadays, if countries A and B get into a fight, it becomes every nation's moral objection to figure out quickly which country is, quote, the bad guy. And then if, say, A is condemned as the bad guy to rush in and pummel A in defense of the allegedly good guy B. I like that. Yeah. yeah. See, A. Is that from Murray Rothbard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good guy, folks. Good guy. Do some look him up. Yeah, no, he he was a he was a brilliant author. I think it's really interesting though that most people that are followers of Murray and Rothbard only follow his early work and not his later work because they're they don't like the fact that he he palled around with like white nationalists and Buchananites towards the end of his end of his life. Oh yeah, uh, and he even he even wrote he even wrote an article uh, about how he's a Holocaust skeptic too. By the way, even though he was Jewish, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's another episode. Yeah, folks. no, that's a, that's that goes really down the road. Anyways, so but, yep, uh, let's move on real quick. Uh, I do have let's say here we discussed that a little bit. Let's move on here. Uh, I got to pull it back up, folks. I'm sorry. Versus. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. some. Uh, I just had some Bible verses. I think we're gonna end this out. I think that this is just gonna be a part one to this because there's really no way we could put this into one in between. Well, we can trim it down quite a bit. I think there's a we lot can of trim it down, but I think that we should revisit it at some point. And you know, if it, you as the viewers, if you want us to revisit it, go ahead and send us a message on. Uh, you can send it through. Uh, well, if you're watching, listening on Spotify, you can send it in through Anchor. It's all hooked up to Anchor. You can send us messages or you can jump in our telegram and yeah. send us a message. Yeah. T.me slash patriarchal bigots. That's T.me slash patriarchal bigots. Yes, sir. That's our telegram group. Yeah, join we're it. in there, man. We're in there like swimwear. No Come join fed us, posting. Man. No yeah, fed no fed posting. You you will be banned real quick because we have borders. Yeah. But here we go. Let's get into it real quick. I, these are some verses I pulled up today. I thought they were pretty good. Um, I know you wanted to read one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. So you might want to get that. So I'll start off with uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Whoever sheds the blood of a, of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Thoughts on that, Phalanx? Well, you know, uh, we are, are made in the image of God in the sense that we are capable of creation. Uh, what the Orthodox Church would term subcreation, um, which uh, makes us obviously, like I said, capable of of really beautiful things. I mean, we can create some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to look at a cathedral and not see that we are are indeed made in the image of God. We, as it says in, um, I think it's Proverbs. I could be wrong on that. Behold, we are wonderfully and beautifully made, or fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. Yeah. Goes towards my point. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyways, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. Thou shalt not murder. Period. Very simple. You have to define what murder is, but once you understand that, it's very straightforward. 
What's murder to you, Phalanx man? Uh, murder is when you aggressively take another person's life, meaning that that um, aggressively. I think we should be careful with our words here. Aggre- what do you well, mean by that? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to define. Aggressively meaning that you're the initiator. That that you So you're the aggressor. Okay. Yeah, that you're the that's aggressor. What, okay, you're yeah. not you're not defending yourself or defending your people. You are yeah. going out there and like finding somebody to victimize. Because listen, folks, 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 folks. Murder is not protecting someone. Murder is not protecting yourself. Yeah. If you see evil, you need to put it down. Exactly. Like Alex Jones said, man, national treasure. Amen. National hero, man. Great American hero. This is true. Genesis chapter 9, verses 5 through 6. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from, and from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of a man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Back to Genesis, it's kind of talking about that, but it does have standing. And I think it's something that you should keep in mind. Because as Christians and Christians on the right, Mm -hmm. this is something that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. What's your view on this this verse? I, it's something that I I think that, you know, we should keep in mind, especially in these trying times. Uh, things may get bloody very very fast, and I think that we have to keep in mind that we are going to have to account for every single life we take. Right. Every single thing we do or do not do as well, but especially. Mm-hmm given serious way is every single life you take. Cause that's something that you can't give back. No, it's not like stealing. It's a, it's a done deal. Yeah. It's final. All right. Psalm 100 verse three. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, it, it's just stating, you know, who we as Christians belong to. Um, we as Christians, though. What if uh, atheists were to read the Bible and read that? Well, hopefully they would end up becoming a is Christian. God, is, is he referring to them or is he not no. referring to them? So they should take it as they're not his people? Correct. And they're not, they're not the sheep of his pasture. They're like... Um, they're the goats as I think that that's a very dangerous path for most people to go down. Well, I mean, certainly if you thinking like that, if you start, I mean, if you, if you focus on that and that that is, you know, you, well, that's you what make you're it saying. Huge, though. So it, it, inevitably you're focusing on that. Well, no, I, I'm, I mentioned it cause you asked. Yeah, but you mentioned it because it's on, that's what you think. Well, no, you asked me what, like, if atheists would read it, like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that it would... You that's know. what you think. Claim it, yes. That's what you think. I mean, it's certainly what I think. I mean, I'm not... But what I'm saying is, if if you... It, there's certainly a lot of danger in in emphasizing that and, and like, fixating on this, 
you know, division between the unbeliever and the believer. The, the right. division exists, but it's really you have kind to of focus it's, on. It's not. It's not a. It's not the main thing in most situations. It is a main thing when it comes to protecting yourself as a Christian. Yes, and you should always stay vigilant of that. But outside of that, and when it comes to non-believers and how we deal with non-believers, it's not that big of a thing. Okay. Well, I disagree, but let's move on. That's fine. That's fine. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Romans chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, we certainly shouldn't be legalistic. Um, I mean, for instance, if you know anything about Judaism, the the Talmud, the great bulk of the Talmud is basically rabbis uh, splitting hairs over the Levitical law. Right. You know, they'll say, uh, oh, uh, I mean, this is, isn't actually in the Talmud, but things like this are, you know, oh, it, is it? Is it okay? Am I breaking the Sabbath if I press the button on an elevator? And, oh, yeah. Well, which is why, by the way, in Israel, there are, are elevator attendants that are Gentiles uh, on Sabbath, on, on uh, Saturday, because it is it is against the... Yeah, no, it's against the Talmudic law for them to, to press the, labor, the, the button because they consider it to be working on the Sabbath. So anyways, the point is we shouldn't be pharisaical. We shouldn't be legalistic. We should first and foremost love uh, our neighbor, including including the unbeliever. Like that is who our neighbor is. The neighbor, our neighbor is both our, both the unbeliever and the believer. Amazing. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life. And have it abundantly. Thoughts on that, Phalanx man? I mean, I mean certainly the uh, the thief. I think in this context is a uh, sort of a, uh, a a picture of Satan. It's not exclusively Satan, but it's talking about Satan and the children of Satan, the children uh, of the Satan, devil, oh, children of the lie. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Sorry. The children of the lie. I didn't know where Ricky Bobby was going there. Yeah, for sure. You know, so the nature of the nature of Satan, the nature of the children of the lie uh, is that they steal, kill, steal, kill and destroy. uh, But the nature of Christ and what should be the nature of his of his children, of his church, uh, is that we should um, uh, promote life. Uh, and that is both physical life as well as eternal life. Right. Uh, primarily eternal life, but... Um, I want to look at uh, the last sentence of that verse real quick. I came that 
they, keyword they, there's context to that. Yeah. May have life and have it abundantly. The entire world, yeah. Amazing. All right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is in a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Thoughts on that, Ricky? Or no, you're not Ricky. You're failings. Okay, let's go. What's the thoughts? Um, <laughs> basically, you know, the, that um, uh, upon baptism... Uh, which is the symbol? The symbol of this. It is the the being buried, being buried with Christ when we are submerged into the water, and then rising again, rising with Christ uh, when we come out of the water. And it also, also in that sense, it is it is also a picture of of birth, in that we are emerging from the the waters of of the womb. Um, yeah. And so, you know, our our new life should not look anything like our old life. Right. Our priorities should be completely So different. back to what I was saying, the old has passed away, behold a new has come. Yes. Something we should keep in mind because some people we think about could change tomorrow. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I th- I don't think we should count on it, but we should certainly do everything we can to We should pray for it and Yeah, absolutely. Which you know, you can do here. more. You can do more than just count on it. You can actually do something about it. Yeah. But Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect? Yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I've noticed, for instance, I think this is something that that the dissident right really should focus on because I know there's a lot of people. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but I could. <laughs> there are a lot of people in the dissident right, even especially leaders in the dissident right, that um, they act that they basically go along with their worldly instincts when it comes to the like the moment that they're angry and righteously so they should be angry about uh you know the perversion of the youth the um you know the the division the wedge that is being is being inserted between men and women mm-hmm. um, you know the condemnation of christians from the dominant new world order regime right now um you know that should make somebody angry. However, the worldly the worldly instinct is to hate and to immediately you know fantasize about how they would love to kill that person, yada yada yada, and like what they would love to do to these people. And mm-hmm. hey, I've I'm not gonna lie, I've been guilty of this myself. But I think well, everybody is on the either political yeah. side. That's something that that tends to happen. But we have to be reformed. We have to seek as it says uh we must discern what is the will of god what is good acceptable and perfect we have to have our minds renewed we have to train ourselves to to move away from those worldly instincts and to become and to to think and to act uh like uh you know children of god Um, yeah that's it's a that's a beautiful verse man 
Yeah, like it really it. is. Yeah, I like it's one it. of my favorites. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Profound words right there. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, it, this really reminds me of exactly why we're talking about this. Because, um, you know, like, let's say, let's say that the dissonant right is, is successful. That we basically take over the entire world. I mean, most of us aren't really concerned with the entire world, but at least our nations. But uh, let's say that we were to take over the entire world and to, you know, impose our um, program for success, basically. Uh, Mm -hmm. What good would it be if in the process that we lose what makes us valuable? Well, you'd lose everything. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of want to give an example of this because like. I think, you know, so I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a member of, uh, less now than I used to be, but I'm a member of several, uh, telegram groups that are populated primarily by white nationalists. And I was, uh, upon dating the woman that I'm dating right now, who happens to be black, um, I was drawn into a very long discussion with the head of one of these telegram groups and he said he said that basically that like i i uh was basically giving up my white card basically because i was dating a black woman and i said well listen i know what you do in your personal life and i can tell you right now the things that i believe like the reason why i believe that that european based civilizations should stay around uh, is be, is to preserve the kind of characteristics that I see in my girlfriend. It, Not the characteristics that this particular person had. People conflict sometimes, like, just yeah. having the same race as being just all good. Yeah, no, like, like if, if, if white people act just as bad as a lot of other, other ethnicities... Well, look at a lot of act. white people today. Yeah, especially this person. I mean, he was, he was a homosexual, like, cross-dresser. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, you know, like, 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 okay, white nationalism, whatever, but like, uh, whiteness has to mean something. Well, it's not, it can't, it's not about whiteness. It's about the freaking culture. It's about the things we do. It's about the way we live our lives, the morals we have, Christianity, all this stuff that we kind of have been at the forefront of as far as giving that to the world. That is, you know, what it's about. It's not about like. It, people get stuck on this one thing and then yeah. they tend to go off all crazy. Yeah, I mean, race is certainly important, but like... You should be proud of who you are. Yeah, and I... And, and don't let should, anyone tell you you shouldn't, because that's silly. Yeah, and, and people should understand the biological reality of race, but like... Right. But, yeah, like, just simply pushing, uh, you know, white purity for the sake of white purity, just from a biological aspect itself is kind of foolish. Yeah. Like that's true. Like, yeah. I mean, it, for instance, kind of in reference to this verse, I mean, if the whole world became white, but like we were all smoking meth, what good is that? It ain't good. 
Yeah. Now, on the contrary, if we were to all like if the whole world became white or, you know, um, uh, not not that that would be a good in and of itself. But like, yeah, I don't think that's really I'm just to happen. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, like, if the whole world I think became, it all should be balanced, man, there's a balance to everything. And yeah. that's what the elite want is they want one race. So we should keep yeah, that in mind because want, they also want to kill most of us off. So. Yeah. They want cappuccino people. Yeah. And only a little bit of them for their slaves. Yeah. The rest of us can go, especially free thinkers like people listening to this. Anybody who can right think now. for themselves, yeah, they gotta go. We Anyways, to point that is, out. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me move on here. We're almost we're almost through these. Okay. So next we got uh, Matthew chapter ten verse twenty eight, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, you should prioritize uh, uh, Christ over, you know, any kind of physical suffering that you may have. We should right. not fear the new world order for what it can do to our bodies. Yeah. We should really only fear one person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Christ. Good stuff. Good stuff, folks. Matthew chapter 26, verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. I think that's an interesting verse. I wanted to add it in there. Something to think about. Yeah, I mean, you should certainly take violence seriously. Like, I don't think it's saying that, you know, if you become a soldier, because actually, you know, it's kind of interesting. The right. early church actually debated this. Uh, as to whether or not Christians could be soldiers because of this verse right here. That's interesting. And they ended up concluding that, no, yeah, absolutely, Christians can be soldiers. They, But but that they should be very conscious about, like, the sanctity of life. And, right. Like, yeah. Which gets back to the whole, you know, topic yeah. we're having right now. Yeah. And then we got uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 through 7. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. It's all meant to be, folks. Yeah. Do not fear the, in the, the end. new world order. Keep it in mind. It's not necessarily a war that we're going to win in the very, very long run. But I don't think... That we should stand idly by and let yeah. it happen. I mean, ultimately we will, uh, but not. Well, yes, ultimately God wins. Yeah, He's already won. That's the beauty in it all. Yeah, but don't just sit back and be lazy because you're gonna have to. You're gonna no. have to answer for that. Well, yeah, if you sit back and let bad things happen, you will be judged. Next, we got Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And you know, you know what's important about this verse is this is this is the instructions are very simple. This is how you avoid hatred. Those, you know, because the worldly instinct is to hate people that that do bad things against you or bad things for our children. Uh, you should try to do something about that, but you should also simultaneously uh, in- make sure that you are making mention of them in your prayer life. And none of that, like the tendency, the tendency will be because I've seen a lot of Christians do this. 
The tendency is to sort of self-righteously like pray for them in this sort of like passive aggressive sense with God. (laughs) Like, oh, uh, I pray that that person like come to repentance and yada, yada, yada. No, I mean, it's absolutely true that we should pray that they come to repentance, but we have to guard our hearts in that moment because the tendency is to be like oh shame on them yada 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 like i'm better than them so like yeah they need to come to repentance yeah no 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 no. you you need to be thinking of their well-being it's not about like it's not about you know judging themselves righteously it's about recognizing their position uh pitying them and praying that, you know, that, that they would um, come to the knowledge of God and thereby uh, improve their position, um, their desperate position as, as, you know, one of the wicked. So, yeah, I like it. And then we got uh, Luke chapter six, verse 27 through 31. But I say to you who hear. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. An interesting verse. A lot of people interpret this different ways. Yeah. It's certainly not calling for you to be a pacifist. Um, You know, uh, it's, it's simply the attitude that you should have towards other people. You should have a servant attitude in the sense of, you know, you should try to care for the poor, uh, uh, you know, care for widows, um, you know, be kind to your neighbor. Um, and as it says elsewhere in the scriptures, defend the, those who are helpless, uh, which that's violence. Like, You're right. That's why it's not saying like what you have to take it in context of the whole of scriptures and, and the teaching of the church fathers. Like, Like I said, it's not calling for you to be a pacifist and just lay down and take it. Yeah. 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 And and finally, last verse, uh, uh, Matthew 10, 16. uh, And I'm going to be reading from the the Revised Standard Version. Um, Says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. For they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour when you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Good stuff. Really explains where we're at. If you're feeling conflicted or you're feeling sad, you're feeling upset, you're feeling frustrated about all this stuff, just know that one thing. Yeah, do not worry. I mean, I remember one time, I can't remember how many it is, but I remember one time hearing a sermon about um, 
how many times the Bible says, do not be afraid. Right. Or do not worry or think, you know, don't be anxious, things like that. A lot of times. It is it is all throughout there, both Old and New Testament. Yeah. So I guess that's that's going to wrap it up for this one. We'll probably be back on this topic. Probably. I know we will because I'm saying we will. So, (laughs) okay. I have spoken. Uh, if you all would like to connect with the Patriarchal Bigots, you can join the Bigot Lounge at t.me slash patriarchalbigots. That's on Telegram. You can also send a voice message through the through uh, anchor.fm. That is our current hosting platform. Spotify, Anchor, however. The best way is through Telegram. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe to the Patriarchal Bigots. And we will be back again next week with another installment of the Inbetweens. Ricky Bobby and Phalanx Man signing out. Oh,